Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Jeremy K. Gover, and you can follow me on Twitter at It's Gover Time. Jeremy, it is wonderful to see you. How are you today, sir? It is wonderful to see you too, sir. It is (laughs) great to talk to you, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of yours and the show and the team and all that good stuff. So I'm very excited to be here and get to talking. So so not just a host, a fan, because you've been a, a host on the show many times. Uh, yep, and, uh, yep. we'll have you back as many times as you, as you want to come. So we appreciate you hanging out with us again. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, uh, with Adam's announcement, not just from a podcast standpoint, from, from a media standpoint, um, make sure you go check out that, that episode. It was the most listened to episode of the entire history of the podcast. And we're not going anywhere. We've got plans for the future. So again, subscribe to the show, share the product, tell Preds fans that you can get, I'd like to think, Jeremy, that what we what we built here on the gold standard was uh, fairly objective and honest reporting on the team. Um, probably, maybe way more negative than than we needed to be from time to time. Um, but uh, I, I'd like to think that we did a pretty good job on this show of of calling it like it is. And um, I know you will continue that here today on the pod. So we appreciate you joining us. I do that as well. I I pride myself in being fair in all outlets of life and. Uh... Even though I'm a, apparently a noted fan of the team and uh, have cheered for the press box, according to some people, uh, which is absolutely untrue. Uh, I just, you know, I, I I took my media career very seriously and, you know, and tried to be as professional as possible. And I feel like I succeeded at that unbeknownst to other people. But. And well, that well, you do. It is because you are so unprofessional that you got to cover a Super Bowl. That's, that's true. That's how that's unprofessional the, you were. That's the um, ticket to doing something big like that is to we, be unprofessional as possible. You know, I, this was not the plan. We were not going to talk about uh, Paul today on the show. So we won't talk about Paul today on the show. So um, we're going to talk about Philip I'm Forsberg. Sorry, I'm sorry, who? Who? Well, listen, let's not be that petty or we can be extra petty. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, here I just I had to use the name so they didn't get so he didn't go. No, I know. You got to educate the audience. Um, yeah. So uh, we will talk about Philip Forsberg today on the show and are the Preds doing the right thing? There's some new reports. So we'll play that audio for you, of course, uh, uh, from a couple of report reporters about what's actually happening with the negotiations for Philip Forsberg. So we'll get into that. We'll get your thoughts on the, some of the award ballots, because I think there was a lot of, um, there, there was a lot of gyrations in the market about you Roman Yossi, not winning, winning the Norris award. And Adam, of course, revealed his ballot last week on the show as a voter and, and had Kel McCarr as the number one pick on his slot. So I want to get your thoughts on, on, on the, what took place with the awards. Colorado is your Stanley cup champion. So congratulations to Colorado. Joe Sackick, one of three people ever to win a cup as a player and a GM for the same team. That is extraordinary. So we'll get to what we can learn of course, from Joe Sackick. However, uh, the gold standard podcast, you've done this before. So you're, you're an expert here. The gold standard podcast is sponsored by a proud, proud supporter of the Nashville predators. It is brought to you by Jaspers. You got it. You did it. Look at that. Like riding a bike. I only know it because I'm a fan of the team. That's the only reason why I know that. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jaspers, it is the next evolution of the sports bar. There is a fantastic game room. Like, again, pop a shot, shuffleboard, air hockey. Uh, and again, what, what are your thoughts on air hockey uh, uh, rules and regulations? Again, Steve Cavendish of Lamestream Sports believes that you can trap the puck. He thinks it's some sort of bit that we're doing on the show. Uh, I am not. It's not a bit. I am genuinely angry at him for how he plays the game and I will not play with him any longer. So if you're going to go to Jasper's, do you trap the puck on the air hockey table or there's not? no, tra- there's no trapping of the puck with the no. paddle. 
period. No, no, none. Uh, my per- my personal strategy is to use a bank shot. That's my personal strategy. Fake like I'm going to go direct and then go and then bank it and then try to get that, try to catch people off guard a little bit. You, you have to create tendencies. And I, I go bank, 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 bank. Then I'm going to, when, when you least yes, expect it, right. I'm, I'm going right at you. So it's just um, like a football game. You just set it up. You're setting up your next play. <laughs> setting up your next play. Uh, so go to Jasper's. The parking's free. The menu is really awesome. They continue to change it. There's great, great flatbreads, great shareables. Uh, if you like sports bars, which we all do, and you like watching games at a venue where there's good beers and cheap prices and a game room where you can do fun stuff, like normally you get pretty crappy food at a place like that. This is not that you are getting an elevated menu with really high quality food, a place you could take your spouse uh, to a nice dinner on. So uh, make sure you check out Jasper's of course, over on West end. All right. So before we dive into Forsberg and what's happening here, Jeremy, let, let's, let's first play the audio. This is from the daily Faceoff podcast. This is Frank Saravelli, who is well-connected in NHL reporting circles, also a fan of hockey. And he will be, <laughs> he will be, uh, he's got some insight into where exactly the negotiations are with Philip Forsberg and the Nashville Predators. Here was his comments from the Daily Faceoff podcast. Philip Forsberg's interesting one to me. Like, I'm, I'm not like I don't know what he's asking for, Frank. I, I looked at all his numbers, but if you're the Nashville Predators, man, I, I don't see how you you wouldn't sign him. You don't like he he's your best forward. It's, to me, it's not close. Like, I, and I don't know. Like, is he a $9 million player? Yeah, probably. Like, you, you have Roman Yossi there. They didn't ask for nine, I can tell you that. So they're asking for well, I was told, well south of what Roman Yossi makes. So then he's at 9.058. Yes. I, I think they're somewhere in the low eights. Yeah, well, I don't understand why that would even be a, a hesitation in Nashville. That seems odd. Something's That's the one that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I know Calgary's offered Johnny Gaudreau, you know, fair market value. And I, I understand the Gaudreau thing. I've said it all along. Like, I, I get why some American-born players like to play in the States. I understand it. But the Forsberg one, Frank, to me, just doesn't really make much sense. Like, if, if that's what you're signing for, when you look at the going rate, like, you're not going to bring in anyone on a better contract that's going to bring you what Philip Forsberg is. And if you're Philip Forsberg, you're probably – depends on what the numbers are that Nashville's offering, but teams are able to do that calculation pretty quickly and easily to say, with our ability to offer you eight years, another team is going to have to offer you this much more – for seven just to get to the same number of, mm-hmm. of dollars. All right. So I think that took a lot of people. That's Frank Cerevelli right there of the daily face off podcast uh, as a guest on there. And I think it takes a lot of people took me a little bit by surprise to suggest that uh, around, let's go vaguely here around eight and a quarter, uh, give or take is totally fine by Philip Forsberg. And if, and we'll get to how this information is getting out, whose motivations or what you have to consider that stuff. When you see leaks about contract negotiations, there's always a party that, that has a goal and an agenda and an objective. And we'll get to that. But, but really like on its surface, if it is in fact true that the predators could sign him for 8.25 or 8.5 or somewhere in that range, and the predators are not doing it. I'm not going to go as so far as to say that it is malpractice or a fireable offense for David Poyle. I've already said, Jeremy, on the show that I think it is time for David Poyle to slide over into a new role and allow this next wave of transitional decisions to be made by someone else. Um, this only further cements that, in my opinion, if in fact this is all, this is all true and the Predators are not willing to go eight years 
eight and a quarter for Philip Forsberg. He is their best offensive player. When you first saw that, Jeremy, what was your reaction? My reaction was that I could not believe that. Well, actually, let me back up. The, the quote that was tweeted out originally was, he's not asking for nine. I can tell you that. So, or, I'm, sorry, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. So sorry. The quote was, they're asking below Roman Yossi. So for me, that was always the bar that David Poyle has said, right? He's like, well, we're not going to pay you more than Roman Yossi. First of all, that doesn't really matter. You can think that all you want. But the market is the market. So if the market was 9.059 for Yossi, which it was, then this is a new market. So it doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> you can't compare him to a market previous. So you can pay him whatever he's worth in this market. Secondly, I don't, I've, I've been saying since October that a team will give him 10. Some people have called me crazy for that, and that is totally fine. I am well, I am no stranger to fanboying it up, apparently, and, and over-promising all these numbers. I really think that, because it only takes one, right? I mean, in all seriousness, it only takes one team. Arizona is a great example of, a, I think they have like three NHL roster players right now on their roster for next season. If they, and they're going to load up with draft picks, and they're going to suck for a while and all that. They could easily roll out $10 million or more, maybe not a ton more, but $10 million a year to woo Philip Forsberg to jumpstart this transition that they're in, right? Because they have the space for it. So it only takes one team. But I think he could get $10 million on the open market. So for, when I hear that he's asking well below Roman Yossi's 9.059, and then we again ballpark it at what you said, like 8.25, something like that. That's a no-brainer to me. The, the quote is, I think they're somewhere in the low eights. Yes. So 8.25 is a good estimate. So it's a no-brainer to me. This should have been done a long time ago. Now, that being said, we are connecting the dots here. We don't know the other piece of the puzzle, which is, are the Predators fine with 8.25, which they should be? Or, and is the, is the struggle really over a no trade? Is it, uh, does he want a complete no movement clause? Because he just watched Victor Arvitz and his friend, and he just watched Ryan Ellis, who was supposed to be a franchise stalwart, get shipped off after giving friendly deals to the team and not getting a no trade. So we are. So I'm assuming that it has to do with no trade. But at this point, if you're Poyle, you've kicked that can down the road so many years. You're not, you have not given them out like candy like other teams. You have been diligent about who you give your no trades to. But I think that is tight. Read the room, man. It's time to stop. This is you're going to give this guy a no trade, otherwise he's going to go somewhere else. But we don't know that. Maybe so. I, to me, I was shocked. That's to put it short. I, I I was shocked that this is not already done, and it leads me to believe my last point, which is they must have a reason to want to pay him less. And some people have thought of that. Well, maybe they're concerned about some sort of injury or whatever. I don't buy that. I think it's because there's either a trade. Or a UFA, an unrestricted free agent that is going to be out there soon, or a trade that they have in mm. contingent for Forsberg re-signing, and they need the cap space to accommodate both. That's my assumption. So uh, there's I, I I love these types of stories because there's so much happening all at one time in like one sentence. <laughs> right. Uh, they didn't ask for nine. I can tell you that that it's in the past tense which means that that's referring to Forsberg's team. They didn't ask for nine. I can tell you that. So I'm, I'm curious, does that mean they've walked away from the table? That's one question that I think, because for some reason I'm, I'm fascinated by semantics here. And like, when you say, Oh yeah, we didn't ask for that. It does feel like there's an implication that maybe you've, you're not talking any longer. That, that's True. maybe that's just an inference, but that's just me. 
The other thing is fascinating about this is we have to consider where the information is coming from, because I agree with you. If you see this information, hear this information, your reaction is the same as my reaction, which I think is the rational, logical reaction to this information by all people, which is why the hell hasn't it been done yet if it's 8.25 or even 8.5? Most everybody would have argued all, all season long. If you get him for less than nine, less than Roman Yossi, it's probably a deal you need to do. He still has, you know, seven, six or seven really, really potentially good years left in, 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 in terms of age. You know, you can offer him the extra year, which means everybody else has to offer X amount of dollars more to get to that same total number of guaranteed money, if you know how math works. Um, so it, it does feel like what this information does getting out right now is it puts pressure on the team, right? It casts the team as making a strange decision in this situation. It says this, this, this quote and this report from this individual is, is putting public pressure on the team, which tells me it is coming from Forsberg's side of the aisle, right? Yes, yes. But how much pressure could it really put on the team if, the, if that is not the real ask? If the real ask it, is 9.25. Is, this, is this is where I think you are. There's two things here. Maybe their, their offer, the Preds offer, is so low that it's just absurd, right? It's seven and a half or something, whatever. But also, I think you are dead on to talk about no movement. It means that Forsberg is willing to do something that the fans would appreciate, but needs something in return and right now isn't getting it, which is why this information is out there, right? Like to me, it's all about following the trail of motivation. Yes. What is the motivation for this information to be out there? Which side benefits? The Forsberg side technically benefits because it is putting all kinds of pressure now on the team where we all, guys like you and I, and all the fans say... <laughs> Say, why haven't you done this yet, David? Why, why is this deal not done? And that is, to me, that says this is coming from Forsberg, which means there is something else that we do not know yet. That, that is what I would infer from all of this. So it's not as simple as, you know, they offered him, the, the, Forsberg was willing to take 8.25 and the Preds said, no, what's wrong with you, Nashville Predators? That, it doesn't yes. feel that simple because there are motivations here at play. Yes, but I will say that if he if he's really asking for more, so let's just call it nine point two five, just for sake of argument. Let's say they sign. Let's say it comes out tomorrow that hey, the Preds have signed at Forsberg. Oh, great! How much? Nine point two five a year. Well, now Poyle and the Preds look like they have egg on their face because well, wait a minute, weren't they willing to take low eights? So I don't, I don't, I'm not following that logic. That has to be either a real report. Because it can put pressure on the team all it wants from Forsberg, Forsberg's camp, but they better be asking for around that number. Because if they ask, if they're if they end up getting nine or more, it's going to look even worse on the team's perspective, and then they're not motivating the team to sign him. So, no, I think I think you're you, you can't you can't be bluffing if you're Forsberg here. You, right? You can't you can't That's be I, saying yeah. you can't bluff your way through this now. Could you be bluffing to a little bit higher price in an exchange for the no movement clause? Like, okay, fine, Predators, I won't ask for a no movement clause, but I want 875 or whatever. And again, over an eight-year contract, you're talking about a couple million bucks, right? Half right, a million right. per year is a big difference. Again, we're just making up numbers here. So again, I think it's important to consider why the information is out there, what the motivations are, who's getting pressured into this. And again, if you're Forsberg, you have to be willing to take the low eight number, quote unquote, whatever that means. Because what you're trying to do is, I am assuming, try to, to, to gain some sort of no movement. Maybe it's a partial no movement like Duchesne's where you get a couple of years where you could be traded and then the last three are protected or whatever. 
something along those lines. Um, it is fascinating. Now here, let's just say hypothetically, they get, again, by the time you're listening to this, they could have already announced the deal. So let's say the deal's done. Let's say it's eight, eight and five, and it's fairly, everybody sort of agrees, right? Preds fans, the media, David Poyle, Philip Forsberg, people that want to sign him, people that don't want to sign him sort of agree. We found the middle ground and it was a sound decision, right? Let's say that. Here's my ultimate question through this entire process. And it goes back to the trade deadline. It goes back. It's through all of this. Is, is Philip Forsberg enough to make this team a contender in the division? And I don't, I don't think it is frankly, Jeremy. And I don't know how, what, what the predators do about that. That's where I was going with the whole, they might have a UFA or a trade involved for wanting to get this number down, right? So we all remember that Philip Forsberg for the last, I think it's six years, has made $6 million a year. Okay, that's been his cap hit. So if he makes 8.25, that's a nice healthy raise. Is that what he's worth? I would argue no. I think he's worth more, but I, I, I get it. But I can also see if you're the Predators, you're going to Forsberg in private, behind closed doors. You wouldn't necessarily leak this out. You could say, look, we're going to give you eight flat. It's a $2 million raise. It's not what you're worth, but we're going to do eight because we need the other $12 million in cap space to sign Johnny Goudreau. I don't know, whatever, right? Whatever UFA you want to throw out there. Brad, okay? trade, we trading really... for Brad Marchand. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I really like Patrick Line. I've liked him a lot, too. They would need well, a trade involved, on, but, I, yeah. but hey, right? So, But we need cap space in order to do that. If you're the Predators, you're saying that to Forsberg. For Forsberg's camp is like, well, they're in the low eights, and you know we're not going to take eight. But I also think another part of this, though, Braden, we haven't talked about. You mentioned the, the movement clause, but I think people forget that there are different types of movement clauses. So you can either do a complete right. no move, which is what Forsberg's camp should be leading with. Maybe not stick to, but leading with. It's but your then you could also first ask is the no move. Yeah, first full, ask is the complete no complete no move. Yeah. The whole eight years, everything you can, I can't go anywhere unless I approve it. But then the other part of that is it can go all the way down to 10 teams. It can be a 10-team no-move clause. Or seven. So every it can, year. It can go down to seven, right? Yeah, seven. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. So seven. I was going to use 10 for example. But, yes, it can go down to seven. So you could do every year he submits a list, and he says, okay, these seven teams I don't want to be traded to. Or these seven teams I will agree to be traded to. Whatever the case may be for the thing. And maybe that's where they're far apart. Because remember, if you talked to Poyle at his press conference during the Bill Haslam thing, he was asked about Forsberg, of course, and uh, and he had said there are. Th I'm not quoting. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said there are things we can do if Forsberg is here, and things we can't do if Forsberg is not here. And so that, to me, indicates the trade or the UFA. We have this guy, player X. He's in mind. We have a pretty good, maybe backdoor agreement that he's he's willing to come here, but he's going to need nine point five million or whatever the number is. And in order to make this team a contender, which is how I'm bringing it back to your question, is we have Forsberg on one wing and Goudreau on the other yeah. or whatever, and then all of a sudden there's a trickle down effect. Now the top nine is great, and they look a little bit more like the Colorado Avalanche, all just right, a little bit more, not really, but a little bit more. Let, let's let's kind of let's go down this well here for a second, then, because first of all. What does 8.5 versus eight, how does half a million dollars on your salary cap allow you to go sign Patrick Line? Like, I don't, that, that part, I don't, okay. That got me 10% of the way. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> and, and so hypothetically, if there's another big piece and maybe it's not like the eight to $10 million guy like Goudreau sure. or Marshawn, right. let's, let's think about it more. Maybe there's a $6 million guy you can go get. Maybe that's where Line A is. I, I doubt it. He's probably more in the 8 million range, but let's say it's another guy of, seven ish, $8 million somewhere. 
doesn't that that requires a movement or a trade? What what is the piece? Is it Ekholm? What what is the piece that that opens up the amount of? Because here's what you have to do the calculus. It has to open up the amount of space that you need to go get that other big piece, while not hurting your chances to win a cup. <laughs> so so you can get a boatload back for UC Soros and save four and a half million dollars. He's a huge asset right now. That doesn't help you win a damn thing right now. Right. But so according to Cap Friendly, the Predators have a projected next year, 21.5 million, 21 and a half million and some change, but 21 and a half million dollars in cap room. Okay. So if they sign for, remember that's without Forsberg, right? Because that's, this is next right, year. Right. So, and this is without any kind of, I don't know, first round pick they might bring, you know, whatever. That doesn't so, include all the, the, the smaller players they have to resign. That's correct. Though, which add, right. which can add up quickly. Like you can, which is where the five hundred thousand that you mentioned comes in. Okay, right? all so, right, all right. So you so you go okay, twenty one million. We have twenty one and a half million left over. If you're a poiler, you're saying this, and then uh, we signed Forsberg for let's say nine. Okay, well now you have eleven million left over. Whereas, okay. You know, ish, right? Okay. So you know, t- t- eleven to twelve million left over. So you have that left over. So now you go get let's say you want to go court Johnny Goudreau, and you know it's going to take some huge number, or Patrick Line. You trade. To because he's an RFA, so you trade to Columbus, Fabro, uh, Tolvanen, and a second round pick, something like that, something that moves the needle for them and gets Line A out of somewhere he wants to go, which that's it doesn't impact your. And that's a couple million bucks off your books, right? So. And so you kind of, you're making that trade now again, long term. If he goes and has a 50 goal season, now you're making paying him a lot of money, <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. But my point is, is that that 500 thousand that you save from 8.5 to eight or whatever you're trying to pitch Forsberg. It can come in a long way because now you can sign guys like, and maybe not Loz, you know, Loz, I got two million, but like a Borvietsky. If there's another Borvietsky out there, he makes nine hundred thousand a year. Okay, so you, now you can kind of bolster that third pair a little bit more, a little bit better than it was. So it does help. It's not a game changer, but it does help to have that okay. room. Okay. I, I just was curious if there is a big trade that they need to make, but it sounds like you're saying they don't need to make a big trade, but a couple of smaller pieces. Again, I would argue that this team is not. Here's the question: with Forsberg and Line, but without Fabro and Tolvanen, are they are they better? Maybe slightly. Are they going to win a cup like that? I don't know, dude. I don't. I no. don't. And this is why I'm all all for like kind of the total teardown, even though I don't love that idea. But like. They're, they're sort of in a sweet spot here that if they cannot get this deal done, that you've got some assets that would be worth a lot of stuff. And again, we did a total teardown, anatomy of a teardown episode a couple of weeks ago, trading Ekholm and Saros and, you know, who would you get? Maybe Duchesne's got some value. So, like, there's lots of things you could do to, to kind of restart the clock here on this organization with a lot of young players that are sort of situated well. Um, I just don't think re-signing Forsberg gets you where you need to be. I think there needs to be another move. And it all goes back to, do we trust David Poyle? Now, again, wrapping up the conversation about the leak and the information, there's no way that the Predators gain anything from this information being out there. That's right. In my opinion. So that's right. Like that, that's what you have to think through is that this does put pressure almost exclusively on the Nashville Predators. So we'll see. We'll see. I think anything under nine, you and I have said is probably something you have to do. Um, if it's low eights, I think it's something you probably have to do. Even if I don't love it, you have to do it. And it does make this team a playoff team. That they are a playoff team next year instead of being a rebuilding team. I don't know if that wins you a cup. I don't think that wins you a division. I don't think that puts you in contention, but it does make you a playoff team. So there is that to consider. We 
We are looking for improvements if you're a Predators fan, which apparently we are. So if you have Forsberg in the lineup and you grab somebody else, again, it sets you up better for success. That's all. Okay. I mean, all you right. can you can argue that against Colorado, Colorado is going to steamroll anybody. And they basically did. Okay. But you could also argue that the Predators would have put up a little bit more of a fight had they have had a Johnny Goudreau, two 80-point players is what I'm getting oh, yeah, yeah, Two 80-point wingers. And that's all you can ask for. And, well, all and, you can and, do is set yourself up for success and then see where the cards lay. You see, so, Saros. You see, Saros might have had had something to do with that as well. He might have helped. <laughs> I still contend, probably not. But yes, but no, for I agree. sure, yeah, <laughs> for sure. You see, Saros and Net definitely is better than David Riddick for sure. So. Yes, yeah, your your Vezina caliber goaltender and two eighty point scorers. Yes, you yes. would have been better. <laughs> it does put you in a better <laughs> position. Yes. This is why you tune into the Gold Standard. We we we. This is the kind of hard hitting, deep <laughs> analysis that we offer you guys. Uh, real quickly, uh, and again, the by the time you listen to this, Forsberg could already be signed, and this could be the last. This could be the last push over the finish line with this kind of league coming out. It doesn't happen. This kind of stuff doesn't happen on accident. So uh, real quickly, your, your thoughts on, uh, cause Adam's not here to defend himself. Go to Jasper's by the way, everybody uh, <laughs> short up, ep- short episode, by the way, this week, we do appreciate you, Jeremy stepping in without Adam here to defend himself. Would you like to destroy his decision to vote for Kale McCarr? Number one in the Norris trophy and Yoman Yossi number two. Do, how do you feel about that? Quickly. I don't want to destroy it. But I will say that uh, I trust Adam's judgment because he's he's in the press box, unlike other people. And he watches this team every <laughs> night, unlike other people. And so <laughs> for him to say that Makar is better than Yossi, I don't agree with that. I think Yossi is a better all-around defenseman. Yes, but I will I also say that I think Kale Makar is a future Hall of Famer already. And Roman Yossi has some work to do. So I think long-term, wow, I that's think a- Kale Makar... Yeah. So that's the body of work, the body of work for Kale McCarr is better because he won a cup. That I'm that I'm projecting. I'm projecting Kale McCarr because okay. he's what 22, 23 years I old. I would say Roman Yossi's a, a I would say Roman Yossi's a Hall of Famer. And I and I'm not going to argue with that. I'm simply saying that I think Kale McCarr is already he has the potential and the and he he projects to be yeah, a yeah. future Hall of Famer. He's special. He's exciting to watch. People will pay tickets to see him, and that's a very elite group of players that fits in that category. There's like 12 or 14 players in the league where I would look at a non-hockey fan and i go, you've got to go pay to see this guy play. And Kale McCarr is one of those players. He, he so while is... I think Roman Yossi is the better all-around defenseman right now and, sh- and deserve the Norris, I come off of my hard stance that nobody can, <laughs> nobody can possibly vote Kale McCarr as the first player. Well, I, I don't mean, have a problem with that. I mean, it was basically split, right? Like, if it, just remove yes. all the third and fourth place votes and just say, look, who were the... It was basically dead even. And Scott Powers' non-vote. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, we, that's right. We found out the name. Uh, should yes. be removed, by the way, Scott Powers from the voting block. Um, <laughs> I got no problem with that. Um, I, 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 I totally see the arguments for both of them. I, I agree with that. I think Roman Yossi is the better all-around defenseman. Um, I understand sort of like the highlight real talent and skill that Kale McCarr brings to the table. And it, 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 there's a weird thing we do in sports and it, in voting and as fans as well, where we just sort of like it's the next thing. You know, like the next new thing is always very attractive and appealing and we kind of gravitate towards those things. And, and, and that's maybe not fair to a guy who's just sort of consistently been elite like Roman Yossi is, but it kind of is what it is. Um, I just wanted to attack Adam when he's not here to defend himself. So and I know I, I get it. I, I would love to lean in, but I can't. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying again. I try to pride myself on being fair, Brayden. And nope. so this I'm being fair that, you know, he it, Adam is wrong, in my opinion. But he's not so wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. that I can't, yeah. uh, you know, 
I can't so, draw the line in the sand. So, so what uh, what did we learn from Colorado? Anything at all from winning the Stanley Cup? Just they finally break through that the draft and the strategy and sucking for twelve years did finally worked. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what they're honestly I don't know what like have great players will win cup. I don't know what the lesson is to take from Colorado. Honestly, uh, to me the lesson was watching them in the first round, and that is that their transition game and their speed and their stamina was unmatched. Right, the Predators have. Good players. I would even call some of them great. Okay. And they definitely had good players that had great seasons. They definitely had that. But Colorado was on a whole nother level. And when I say that, I mean because their transition game was fast, efficient, and perfect. And they, they, didn't, they didn't just get puck luck. They made it happen. Because if the Predators turned it over on, on a zone entry, it was going the other way for an odd man rush. And it was not just one game. It was consistently. And they did that all the way throughout. Every time they touched the puck, they were a danger to at least get a scoring chance. The Predators are not there yet. And they're going to need more talent to do so. So what I learned was transition game is everything, speed is everything, and relentlessness is everything. Predators have maybe one of those three things. Yeah, and like a, like a half of one of the other ones maybe. But right. um, it, it's fascinating to make Edmonton and Tampa Bay look slow is very hard to do it is very difficult with the talent that those two teams have in particular in their forward group um it is very very difficult to make those two teams and again they don't look slow you know what but you know what i mean colorado look faster yeah. <laughs> right yeah exactly so otherwise i don't think there's a whole lot like i think that's more where the game is going maybe and i think the predators have sort of long been trying to go that direction that was why they hired peter laviolette in the first place and I, I think they're maybe going back another direction now with sort of the grit and everything. So now it's going to be fascinating to watch how it all evolves moving forward because that's what this offseason is all about. It's a volley, right? Like they did yeah. that, and then they and then they got beat up by Winnipeg and St. Louis, and yep. you know, like you know, and and these teams that are in Dallas, excuse me, that were heavier, and they brought yep. the thunder, and then they got beat out of the they got beat out of the rink, and so then they tried to adapt to that. Well, and I don't know how you. This is what happens with hiring coaches all the time. You go. You, you, you swing from players coach to disciplinarian, back to players coach, back to disciplinarian. And I don't know how, what you got to find is the balance and the sweet spot. And I don't know, again, I've said this for years now, I think John Hines is the right coach for right now. I, I'm fine listening to a conversation about whether or not he's the guy to get them to the cup. I, I, I don't, I think there's a, those are two totally different conversations. So he may not be the ultimate champion, but I think he's the right guy for right now to develop the team. Jeremy, where can people find you, man? They can follow my, my work at AP Radio and they can follow me on Twitter at I will sit at it's overtime. Follow me on Twitter at oh, it's man. overtime. It's overtime. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. Everybody go to Jasper's, of course. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the product. Uh, take some photos of all the great food over at Jasper's. The game room is amazing as well. Gobert, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We do appreciate it. We'll see if uh, by this time next week, Forsberg is signed. Maybe we shall see. For Jeremy, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out. I know it was a short version, but uh, we do appreciate you guys hanging out with us here in the offseason on the Gold Standard, brought to you by the 440 Sports Network. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.